0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the casual Big Ten podcast. Today is Monday, October 30th, 2023. My name's Kent Peterson. I'm the host of this show, and on today's show, we're going to wrap up week nine of the Big Ten football action. Everything that took place, the five games that we had, we'll talk a little bit about the standings, my power rankings, and we'll even mention some of the teams that were on by this week. Um, But let's look ahead to what's coming up though. This week, Wednesday kickstart episode, we'll talk about all the great week 10 matchups that we have. And then on Friday, as always, bet big with B1G, Wilson and bet big Brad. It's getting tight. Some of the standings I just posted on Twitter, the standings are getting tight. Brad still has a little bit of a lead. He's up by eight games. And Wilson and I are tied With our records so far this year, we're not doing that bad. We're all at about 50%, Brad a little bit higher, but great episode coming out on Friday. as always. That's always my favorite episode, getting the boys on, talking about the Lions, talking about gambling and all the games that are going to take place the very next day, because it comes out on Friday, and then the games come out on Saturday. Really fun stuff, Um, but let's talk about these games that just took place this past weekend. I'm going to start with Maryland and Northwestern. The reason why I'm starting with this game is because during this time slot, there was Maryland and Northwestern on, and then there was Indiana and Penn State. And when these games first started, or in the first half, if you want to say that, it looked like there was going to be a couple upsets. Maybe Indiana was going to beat Penn State. Talk about that in a second. But um, this one felt really real because for a moment there, it was Northwestern actually beating... Maryland, I think it was 21 at one point. What was it? Let me look it up real quick. It was 21 to 14. And then it was 24 to 14. So in the second quarter, Northwestern's got a 10-point lead. Now, last week's show on Friday, I took Northwestern plus the points. Didn't need to do that. I could have taken them money line. I could have made some real money on this game. But the reason why I took them is because even though no one's coming to these games, the crowd shots on Twitter were absolutely embarrassing. But even though no one's at these games, Northwestern is still playing good at home. Like I said, I mentioned the Minnesota game. Um, I think they played Rutgers at home. That was not a good game. But then Maryland, this team that's kind of spiraling downward, I thought, hey, maybe here's a chance for Northwestern to keep it close. Didn't think they were going to win. I didn't think there was a shot they were going to win. But I also said that Brendan Sullivan has shown flashes – of greatness in this game 265 yards two touchdowns no interceptions he was moving the pocket he was he was moving around to avoid pressure from Maryland and making some big throws and making some big runs when he had to he had one big run I remember in the fourth quarter that was huge first down run so uh Brendan Sullivan kind of put the team on his back a little bit there especially in the second half Northwestern 33 to 27 huge win for them I tweeted after the Minnesota game that Northwestern won, that David Braun should get a lifetime contract or we riot. I still believe, I believe that even more firmly. Now, I don't think anyone would have predicted Northwestern to win four games. I did. I actually did this summer. I said that they're going to win four. I need to pull that clip. Maybe I should pull that clip and drop it in right here. Okay. So I think I said that they were going to win four games. I just put the clip in. If, it, if that clip exists, I'm going to look for it. Um, but hey, I I just think that even with Pat Fitzgerald, I don't think anyone would have, would have expected this team to really realistically get to four wins. And at this point, you look at their remaining schedule, they're two wins away from being bowl eligible. Now, can they get those two wins? Here's what we got left. Iowa at home, going to be a tough one this week. Going to be a tough one. At Wisconsin, going to be a tough one. But here's where I think that they could still be bowl eligible. Purdue at home, what I just said, they played pretty well at home. And then at Illinois. I don't know what that Illinois team, I don't know if they're turning the corner or if that's a team that's going to continue to be bad. So Northwest, if you're a Northwestern fan, you got to be excited. You got to be excited. You got to be thinking about maybe we could still go to a bowl game, which would be unbelievable going into the season with the Coach being fired and just players not going to like not playing anymore, transfers, everything that was happening during the offseason. Unbelievable that they could be bowl eligible still at this point. Maryland, are you going to be bowl eligible? They're coming down the stretch and they just can't find a win. They were 0 3 in October. They only had three games. They had a bye in October as well, but no wins in October at all. Can you flip it in November and start picking up some wins? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Let's look at their remaining schedule. I know that they have Michigan coming up because I had that circled on my calendar, Penn State this week, probably a loss. Can you beat Nebraska on the road? That's next weekend. The following weekend, I should say. Then Michigan like I said, and then Rutgers. I mean, you got to beat you got to beat Rutgers at Rutgers cuz I could realistically see I could see Maryland losing these next 3 even though they just lost their last 3. I could really see that happening, so got to beat Rutgers on the road, I think, if you're Maryland um, or Nebraska on the road. It's going to be two tough teams on the road, I think, for for a Maryland team who can't seem to figure things out, so we'll see what Maryland does when the calendar turns over to November, see if they can uh, start figuring some things out. I don't know if they're going to be able to. All right, the other game that was on during that time, like I said, Indiana, Penn State. Indiana, I said last week I thought would jump out to a lead and then get blown out. That's not what happened. They actually kind of held on to a lead for a little bit. I think the first time that uh, Penn State took the lead was right before halftime. They kicked a field goal, 17-14 going into the half. And then the third quarter, you get a touchdown. Drew Aller, touchdown pass to Johnson. And then in the fourth quarter, Indiana starts to show some life again. They get a touchdown again. But in the end, it was just a little bit too much Penn State. Their offense was able to score when they needed to. They were able to throw the ball downfield when they needed to. Um, the running backs, I was on record as saying this is the best running back room in the country starting the year. And I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that throughout this year. Um I'm not disappointed in them. I'm not like saying that, you know, Singleton and K-Trod Allen are bums. They're definitely not. They're still good running backs, but I just expected a little bit more from them after those big freshman seasons they had last year. But, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, I guess you have a five-star quarterback, highly rated recruit. You're going to throw the ball around a little bit when people are stacking the box on you, and that's exactly what they did against Indiana. 33-24, Penn State gets the win. They are 7-0. and um, They kind of – they don't really control their own destiny as far as if they're going to try to get to the Big Ten championship game. But, in a sense, if they can win out – they can hope for Michigan to beat, because they got to beat Michigan, first of all. So they got they got to do that, and that's in two weeks. But if they can beat Michigan, you hope that Michigan goes back home and beats Ohio State for the third year in a row, and then everyone's tied, and then I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is. I don't feel like looking at that right now. So um, I don't think that that's going to happen anyways. Based on what I've seen from Penn State against Ohio State and now against Indiana, really bad Indiana team, um, I don't think that Penn State can beat Michigan anymore. I used to think that I don't think it anymore. I'm not thinking that's going to happen anymore. All 3:30 right. uh, games. We had two of them. First one was Michigan state. I forgot to change my sidebar. Why do I keep forgetting, forgetting to do that? Why do I keep forgetting that? By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, my face might look a little bit more tan. My wife put a tanner on my face because I was Travis Kelsey yesterday. She also cut my hair. It looks really bad. Uh, it looks bad on camera. Cause it looks like I'm balding. Cause I, I think I am. I think that's why it looks like that. But anyways, um, face is looking a little tight. Actually, looks pretty good. Face looking pretty good right now. Um, who didn't look good, though? That was Michigan State. They are done. Michigan State is done. Um, Wilson mentioned this on Friday. I think that Coach Barnett has lost the locker room. I don't think the players are motivated to play for him. They're not excited to go out and try to win games for Michigan state anymore. I think that we'll see more transfer portal things happening in the very near future for them. And they got to find a coach. I think that they need to find one before the end of the year, because at that point, if you wait until the season's over and just let Barnett ride this thing out, um, I think you lose the team even more. I think more guys will already have made that decision that they don't want to come back and suffer another season um so I think you got to do that soon um this game though Michigan State did jump out to a 6-0 lead they got a couple field goals in the first quarter kind of looked like oh hey maybe they can maybe they can surprise Minnesota Minnesota's a team I'm not like super super high on I've never been I haven't I wasn't in the offseason I'm still not at this time um but then it was all Minnesota it felt like the rest of the way second quarter uh Minnesota scores 10 and then nothing in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, Minnesota kind of pours it on. They end up getting the 27-12 to 12 victory. Um, pretty interesting stat right here. 200 passing yards, 200 rushing yards. A perfect mix in the offense. And really, when I was watching this game, it kind of felt like that, too. It kind of felt like we're going to just mix it up. We can kind of do whatever we want against Michigan State. We can run when we want to. We can pass when we want to. Uh, Ethan looked okay. I think that he was fine. 14 for 22. Obviously, like I just said, 200 yards. He had a pick and he had a touchdown pass. Um, Who's the guy that I wanted to... Is it Jackson, the wide receiver? I think I heard during this broadcast... (laughs) Now, let me get this right here. I'm going to pull up both their stats. Okay. Kalika Manis has seven touchdown passes. And Daniel Jackson has six touchdown receptions. So if you're playing Minnesota and you're trying to figure out, hey, let's how do we keep them out of the end zone, especially when it comes to passing, you have one guy to guard. Daniel Jackson is all they have at wide receiver. I mean, and if you're a Minnesota fan and you like to push back on that, who else is scoring touchdowns for you? There's only one other person I think it was probably a running back. to be honest, it was probably a running back with a receiver I don't remember who it was to be I, I, I'll be I'll be frank. Was it crooms? I think Crooms might have one. Let's see. Let's look at Crooms real quick because he's right here. Am I right about that? No, he's got zero. Uh, Williams? He's listed. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. But to, my point is, though, that Daniel Jackson, really good wide receiver. Obviously, he's got 90% of their touchdowns uh, receiving. And if you're playing them, if you double team him or shut him down, I don't know if Minnesota can score in the passing game. They haven't proven that they can. Um, So good game from Daniel Jackson. Minnesota in the hunt. In the hunt out west. It's going to get crazy again. We're going to talk about those standings um, towards the end of the show here. Who do they have remaining, though? I just feel like that their schedule is not very favorable for them to still be involved. They still got Ohio State. That's going to be a loss. Wisconsin's going to be a tough game for them. But then they have Illinois and Purdue as well. So, hey, Minnesota. Minnesota, these next two weeks, I feel like what's going to happen is these next 2 weeks, um Minnesota's going to be right there and people are going to start talking about hey can they make a push to win the west and then they'll get destroyed by Ohio State I'm assuming it's at Ohio State and then they'll probably lose the Wisconsin game and it'll be really disappointing for Minnesota fans to finish the year. That's how I see that one going. All right, um, not going to put any I'm not going to hold anybody up right now. Purdue Nebraska didn't watch this game at all. So, I'm going to kind of read some stats from this game but I don't really have any input on what happened because I was, I I was locked on the noon games. I was locked on the night games and I was looking at the uh, Michigan state and Minnesota game. Um, Nebraska wins 31 to 14. Purdue also just like Michigan state. I mean, they can't find a win. They can't find anything offensively. It feels like Um, I was told that there was, I I, I was looking at Twitter this morning about this game specifically. And I know that, I know Harburg played and I know that uh Sims came in as well. I'm trying to see if he did anything. All right, he had two yards rush or two attempts, zero yards. Two attempts for zero yards. I, I, don't, I really to be honest, I really don't know what happened in this game, so I'm not gonna really talk about it. Uh Nebraska, five and three now. Again, coming down the stretch. Are they gonna be involved in the Big Ten West? I think that they are because I really think I've been talking about their defense a lot the last few weeks. I think that their defense is going to keep them in most of the games that they have remaining. They have um, Michigan State this week. Defense is going to keep them in that game, and they're really not going to need their defense much in that game because their offense is so bad. And then you got Maryland. Are they going to turn it around, or is their defense going to stop Nebraska? Or is Nebraska's defense going to stop that offense? I think Nebraska could win that game. You're at Wisconsin. That might be a loss, and then finishing with Iowa. It's a tough road at the end for them as well, but we'll see. We'll see. It's really Nebraska's offense that needs to figure things out. I mean, let's let's be real. The defense has been fine. Look at their last six games. I keep talking about this, but I'm not giving the numbers. I'm going to give the numbers today. Look at the last six games. Let's start with this week. They held them to 14 last week. They held Purdue to 14 this week. Northwestern, they held them to 9. Northwestern scored 33 on Maryland this weekend. Uh, they held Illinois to 7. The Michigan game, like I said, you got to take that one out. Uh, because Michigan's so good. <laughs> Louisiana Tech to 14, Northern Illinois to 11. That's their last seven games now. They held, Uh, they lost to Colorado, obviously, another one you got to kind of throw out. And then they held Minnesota to 13. So if you, th- if you scrap the two games where they kind of got blown out, the Colorado and the Michigan game, everybody else they've held under 14 points this year. Pretty impressive. Like similar... Similar, like, um, what do I want to say, competition? They're holding those teams to less than two touchdowns, which is really, I mean, really good. I think they can do that maybe the rest of the season. Wisconsin would be the only one I'd be kind of worried about. Maybe Wisconsin can score more than 14 on them. But look out for Nebraska. Look out for that defense. They're playing really good. It's just a matter of if they can score. If they can figure out some things on offense, then they will be involved in that race as well. All right, last game of the day. It was, I'm so mad at myself. I'm sorry, YouTube people. I'm never going to change the sidebar. I'm just not going to remember to do it. Um, last game of the day, though, was Ohio State-Wisconsin. Um, watched the second half of this game. I was at a friend's house for the first half, so I missed it. We were watching the Texas game. Came back and watched the second half of this game, and it was really close. When I turned it on, it was 10-3. So, a uh, really close game. They traded touchdowns in the third quarter, and then Ohio State scored again in the fourth quarter. 14 point win. Ohio State wins 24 to 10 and here's what I'm going to say about this. Um I hope I don't come across as too uh crass. Is that the word I'm looking for? Too too upset or too mean about this. Ohio State went on the road against a team that we've kind of been talking about as a pretty good team in the Big 10 and they won by two touchdowns. And for some reason Wisconsin fans especially on Twitter, I'll talk about the po- well I'll talk about it right now in the power rankings. Getting upset with me because I don't have Wisconsin rated how or, h- higher. I just don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. You lost by fourteen. Still, it doesn't matter what the game was in the third quarter. We held. Uh, we were toe to toe with the third ranked team in the country for three quarters. Great. Did you win? No, you lost by fourteen at home. Sorry. I mean at the end of the day that's what the game was. It was a 14-point loss at home on your home field. You scored 10 points on your home field. Okay? You want to you want to be talked about as one of the best teams in the Big 10. You got to do better than that at home. You just do. I'm sorry. I don't know what else to tell you. I can't be I can't be giving you uh brownie points for keeping things close for part of games. Because if I'm going to do that, I'm going to go back one week and I'm going to look at the Illinois Wisconsin game. And I'll tell you that Illinois was beating you 21-7 to going into the fourth quarter last weekend. And you had a game-winning drive with like 30 seconds to go, a pass to an offensive lineman that won you the game. That's how you won. So should I be giving Illinois a bunch of credit for saying, well, they were beating Wisconsin for three quarters? You can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, we beat Illinois. We won the game, so we deserve credit for that. And then turn around and say, well, we lost this game, but we played really hard. It just doesn't work like that. Kyle McCord, 226, two touchdowns, two interceptions. uh, Lock for Wisconsin, one touchdown, 165 on 18 of 39 passing. I heard that uh, I must have missed this part because I heard that Braylon Allen was injured in the second half. And I just said I was watching the second half. I don't know how I missed this. I'm going to see if there's any news on this when I just click on his name. I don't see it right now uh but apparently Braylon Allen might be injured as well let's go to Twitter I got a little bit of time here I haven't been recording that long what's up with Braylon Allen Braylon Allen I hope he's not hurt uh updates the status of Braylon Allen and Shamir DK I didn't DK's hurt too holy smokes can't have that all right Luke Fickle is updating the status. This is from Badger 24 7. Um t- 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 I think that we're gonna have to rely on Jackson Acker, Fickle said. Oh boy. And Cade Yasimili, I don't know how to say his name. So I I guess he's out for this next game for sure uh brought down awkwardly ran for 34 yards is he for sure injured it just says if he can't go I don't know if they know yet I don't know if they know this is a situation we're going to need to monitor people we're going to need to turn our uh Twitter alerts on for Braylon Allen and any update I need to be notified so if you if you guys could do that for me throughout the week that'd be really helpful um I hope he's okay um, but like I said, Wisconsin, uh, you lost the game, um, 14 point loss. You can't really be excited about that. I, I don't know I, if I'm a fan of a team. I'm not excited when I get, when I lose at home by two touchdowns, I'm just not, but I guess they are, I don't know. I'm just built different. All right. Power rankings. This is what I was kind of just talking about. Uh, tweeted it out on Saturday night. Didn't put much thought into it, but a lot of people put a thought into the replies. I still have Michigan. Number one. And uh, Ohio State, number two, obviously Michigan on by this week, so they don't really move anywhere. Uh, even though Penn State struggled a bit with Indiana, I don't see anyone that's better than them that's below them. I have Iowa at number four still. I got a lot of flack for that. Um, to the credit of the Twitter followers, though, I did have some people defending my Iowa at number four choice because you look below them and who's, who's better than them this year? Who's been better than Iowa? I obviously I know uh, Minnesota fans have something to say because they beat Iowa, and they're at number six. I have Rutgers at number five, but if you're Minnesota, I'm taking into account, and maybe I'm doing this wrong, maybe I'm having a self-realization moment right here live on the pod, because I did have someone reply and say it should be the power ranking should be like a current, you know, state of affairs. And that's true. It should be, but I also feel the way that I do it at least, I feel that you should take into account what has happened throughout the season. And for Minnesota, I can't I can't stop forgetting about or I can't stop remembering, I should say, that you did lose to Northwestern, you know, And so for me, I, I have Iowa higher and Rutgers higher for that reason. I mean, Rutgers blew Northwestern out. So anyways, uh, Wisconsin down at number seven. I And like I said, got a lot of flack for that, but I've seen Wisconsin on other people's power rankings even lower than seven. So I don't know why I'm the one that's getting all the Badger heat right now. But um, anyways, uh, I have uh, Nebraska just below them at eight. I thought about flipping and I had someone reply. Again, this is a lot of Twitter replies. I could have brought up all the Twitter replies, but someone made a good point that Northwestern should be in front of Maryland because they just beat them. But at the end of the day, uh, Maryland, I still think is a better team overall, even though they just lost. So that sounds so stupid to say, I just think that they're playing really bad right now. I, but I do think that Maryland will finish with a better record, um, than Northwestern. And I think that they, they still are a better team. I think if that game was at home this weekend, they might've pulled it out, but, um, it wasn't. So they lost. I, I, I don't have a problem with people saying that Northwestern should be higher than Maryland. I let me just put it that way. I could have flip-flopped those two. Illinois at 11, Purdue is sticking around at 12 because they have two teams that are worse than them still in Indiana, who, like I said, played pretty good this weekend, but you still lost again. Are you going to win games or lose games? You know, that's really what it comes down to. You can't be losing games and say, hey, rank us higher. Um, But Indiana fans didn't say anything. And then Michigan State's the worst team in the Big Ten this year. Um, I don't think that that's a secret at all. I was going to talk about the standings. I feel like I kind of mentioned it quite a bit when I was going through the, uh, you know, the talk with the, with the West. It is interesting though. If you look out there now, it's feeling a lot like it felt last year where a lot of teams are jumbled. You have four teams at three and two. That's Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. What you have to look at though is remaining schedules, which I'm not going to go through all the, all seven teams remaining schedules. You have to look at remaining schedules, and you have to look at tiebreakers. And to me, I think Minnesota's schedule is too tough, so I don't think they'll be involved. I I take them out. So it comes down to Iowa, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. Iowa has the tiebreaker against Wisconsin, so if they can finish with the same record, Iowa will go. And that's why I still lean that Iowa is going to win the West. I also feel like there's something something to be said about uh, team chemistry and momentum. And the last time we saw Iowa play was a game where they felt like probably got taken away from them. Now, it doesn't matter what you think, what the call was, or what I think, which I think was the correct call, and Minnesota deserved to win that game. But if you're in the Iowa locker room, though, and you're thinking, we just got a game stolen away from us, we're pissed. We're about to go out after this bye week and beat the shit out of somebody. That's probably what they're thinking, and that's what I'm expecting Uh, when I see them take the field next weekend. Um, And then, like I said, their schedule is just so favorable. You look at who they have remaining. So next week, it's Northwestern at Northwestern. You have Rutgers, Illinois, and then you finish with Nebraska. I don't even know if you're going to need to win the Nebraska game because at that point, I think some of the other teams will have already lost, and they'll just have a firm handle on the West at that point. Um, So I'm still leaning Iowa out West. And then um, when you look at the other side, the East, still not decided yet, but honestly, it's what everyone expected coming down the stretch. I think it's going to be uh, the game at the end of the year is going to determine who wins the East. And I've said it for a couple weeks now. I don't think it matters which one wins because I think that both will still be in the playoff as I have a Nat, like flying around me. Um, look at last year. Ohio State got blown out by Michigan. They still went to the playoff. So and I, I really don't think because I've heard some people say, too, like I, I talked to some uh, some people this weekend about uh, Michigan and Ohio State, just talking Big Ten stuff. And uh, one of my friends mentioned to me, well, it kind of de- de- it kind of depends, I should say, if I could talk how well Michigan plays against Ohio State, if they were to lose that game if they'll get into the playoffs or not. In other words, if they get blown out, they're not going to get put in. And I just don't subscribe to that because of what I just saw last year. Ohio State got blown out at Ohio State, and they still got put into the playoffs. So, um, And I don't think there's enough teams outside of the Big Ten that will have a one-loss team that uh, will have a better loss than what Michigan or Ohio State will have if it comes down to that game. Like, no one's going to be able to say our one loss was against the second or third-ranked team. Put us in the playoff. I don't think anyone else could be able to say that. So it's going to be tough. I think that, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other teams. I know Texas has one loss, but it's against Oklahoma, who, again, now has lost two games. Um, I think Tennessee. is Tennessee have one? I don't know. I have to go back and look at it. But anyways, no one's going to be able to put that on their resume, though, and say, here's our loss. It was Ohio State. Or here's our loss. It was it was Michigan. And, I mean, you got to put them in. Got to put them in still. So that's how I'm, I'm thinking the rest of the year. I'm, I'm rambling now about the playoffs. Uh, like I said, uh, Wednesday, kickstart episode. We'll look ahead to the Week 10 matchups. Everyone's back now. All the buys are over. Everyone's back. So we got full, sl- full, full slate next weekend. And then um, on Friday, bet big with bet big Brad. B1G Wilson. Make sure you tune into that. Like I said, that's my favorite episode of the week. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys on Wednesday, and we will see you guys on Friday, hopefully. And we will see you guys in the future.